Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And how's it feel, Austin? How how, how you feeling? Um I know not I know not what you speak of. I was just I was just wondering how you were doing, you know, hitting hitting the big milestone yesterday. Oh, oh. wondering if you felt any different. No, I turned 30 yesterday for anybody that does not know. Kept it mostly under wraps until Mike spilled the beans. Um, <laughs> and I uh, don't feel any different. The thing is, I can never complain about being old. Not that I don't like feel old or anything, but not that I can mm-hmm. I can, can't complain about it because my wife is like almost two full years older than me. She'll be 32 this year. So if I say I'm old, she gets real bent out of shape. Like, well, if you're old, then that means I'm like, okay, we're not. <laughs> so, um, but no, I feel good. feel fresh. Um, decided I got to get back in shape one last time because ain't going to be this easy to look this sexy for forever. So it's a fair point. That's a fair point. It's all downhill after 30. So are you sweating for the wedding yet? Speaking Am I of getting in shape? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I've been I've been going I back mean, to the gym two days a week. Okay, uh, I was gonna say. I mean, the answer the looks like it's no, but <laughs> ouch, <laughs> um, ouch. That one hurts. At least Devin Brown didn't call me fat. Yeah, that one. Just yeah. you. That was that was a career <laughs> ender. Um, no, I'm I'm back in the gym two days a week, but I need to do like more cardio type stuff, uh, and I need to eat better too. Not the way you cook, you aren't anytime soon. <laughs> I got another, I have a year. It, tomorrow will be exactly one year to the wedding. So, wow, wow, yeah. yeah. Um, both, uh, both, both have big stuff going on, but I, so at first, when I thought you said, How does it feel? I thought you were talking about Jordan Addison officially leaving oh. it, and I was going to just leave the podcast, I'd have been done for the night. Oh, um, no, so. no. I wasn't gonna do that. That would have been unprovoked. That would have been mean. Lucky for you, we didn't we didn't go that route. Yeah, no. we would have been doing a solo show. <laughs> um, but speaking of the show, uh, we got a little bit of news, uh, and then we'll hit some 2022-2023 class combined rankings. Now that we know landing spots, we got the benefit of hindsight for the 2022 class. Everybody's hyping up the 2023 class. We'll see uh, see where some guys slot in. But before we get into that, uh, the freshman guide still on sale. I know some freshman and supplemental drafts are kicking up this week, uh, and they're kicking up soon here. So if you have not gotten your copy yet, it's available on the site for purchase, $20. Uh, It is also available to anybody who is an NIL yearly, scholarship yearly, or grandfathered tiered member. Uh, If you have not gotten your copy of that, reach out to me. Uh, I can help you out with that one. Um, Debbie guide pre-orders are also up on the site now. We are still looking good. Going to be releasing that on June 1st. Uh, But if you're interested in getting that in your inbox at midnight on June 1st, uh, you can go to the site, pre-order that now. Um, That will only be free for yearly NIL members for this year. Yeah, tell them. (laughs) um and check out sharp sports on youtube uh he's got a lot of ton a ton of great content over there especially the recruiting stuff we're getting some some guys declaring uh for some schools um committing to places and and he's got a lot of breakdowns on that type of stuff um so go check him out he may even have a little promo code for you over there 
Uh, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts. You can check all of them out on Twitter at the Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. News for this week, uh, a little sparse. I just want to preface this. I hate every single one of these stories. You're going to get like eight words total out of me over the next 10 minutes. So prepare to Fair monologue. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, news is a little sparse this week. Um, but we have everybody's favorite will he, won't he, Paris Campbell, back healthy this year. Uh, he's focused on proving himself, reportedly. Um, I was out on the Paris. I was in on the Paris Campbell train uh, when um, Philip Rivers was there because I thought, well, I mean, this is perfect. Philip Rivers can't throw the ball further than 10 yards downfield. That's where Paris Campbell thrives in the short to intermediate game. Um, mostly the short game. And then he got hurt and then he got hurt the year after that. Is this finally the year we see something from him or is the dream dead? Um, the dream should have never been there in the first place. I thought he was not a good prospect. Um, I literally have never rostered Paris Campbell. Actually, I think I did draft him in one league last off season because the price got so cheap that I said, screw it. Um, he's just not good at football. Literally everything he did at Ohio State was manufactured. He can't get open himself. He's not proven that he can do that in the NFL. He's always injured in an offense with an aging Matt Ryan and two guys that, that have been drafted over him. I don't know if the passing volume is going to be there. No, we should not be in on Paris Campbell. Don't draft Paris Campbell. Don't trade for Paris Campbell. Don't look at Paris Campbell. Don't think about Paris Campbell. Don't talk about Paris Campbell. Don't <laughs> dream about Paris Campbell. I don't know. Was there any other function by which you can involve Paris Campbell in your life? Don't, don't do any do of it. those either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm out on Paris Campbell. Um, but like I said, sparse injury this week, or sparse uh, news this week. A little bit more relevant news here, although maybe you don't apparently seem to think so. Jarvis Landry signed with the Saints. He's returning home to Louisiana, play for the hometown Saints. Um, are we interested in this? So here's my question on this for you, Colin. and I want to hear what mm -hmm. you think about this. Um, Michael Thomas is their slot guy. Yes. Is this preparing for not having Michael Thomas again? Is it like what are they going to play for? Why? Like they're going to shift him more outside. I don't think he's going to be too happy about that. Yeah, I think that the Jarvis Landry signing is more of an insurance policy on Michael Thomas in case he doesn't seem to want to play for them or in case you know, the injury is still lingering and it's still there and he doesn't get on the field at all. Cause I mean, he didn't see the field at all last year. Um, they did just draft a lave too, and they moved up to go get him uh, pretty significantly. So I think, yeah, this is probably more of a contingency plan for him. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, maybe you can get a sell window here. Maybe somebody thinks this is going to be good. Uh, and isn't really thinking, hey, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas are going to play the same role, basically. So if there's somebody out there that's not realizing that, sell. Um, other than that, you basically just have to hold because I believe this is uh, just the one-year deal there. So, you know, maybe he rehabs his stock a little bit and, and goes somewhere else after this. Yeah, I just see Saints fans celebrating, and I'm like, well, there's kind of some skill overlap here, so... Unless something drastically changes, Slant Boy will not be happy. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I, very, very interesting. I, I, there, there are worse places for him, assuming mm-hmm. he actually does get on the field all the time. But we yes. shall see. We'll see. Um, like is, I said, he, it is, is he the kind of guy that meshes well with Jameis real quick either? No, no, I don't think so. Honestly, out of the wide receivers that they have, I think Alave will mesh best with Jameis. Jameis just kind of likes to sling it. Fuck it. Alave's down there somewhere. Is that yep. going to be our, our, our chant this season? Yeah, I can see it. It might be. Um, And last bit of news here. The Falcons traded for Brian Edwards. It was a swap of some late picks. Uh, they pick up Brian Edwards. Uh, the Falcons were a team that arguably had the worst wide receiver core in the league before the draft. After the draft, probably still in contention for the worst wide receiver core in the league. Um, I think this move for Probably. Brian. Ed- <laughs> I mean, the Bears, the Bears, good wide point. receiver room is pretty terrible too. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, but I think that while the Brian Edwards dream may be may have gone the way of Paris Campbell, uh, he might actually be able to get on the field here, assuming he's healthy. Um, how many? <laughs> Can Marcus Mariota support two wide receiver options? I don't even know if he can support one. It's like you've got. I'm, I I basically am considering Kyle Pitts for all intents and purposes of oh, wide receiver. Oh, okay, so fair. you've got Pitts and you've got London. Even if Edwards is the third guy, I mean, I, I don't know that he can. And I don't think that you know, God forbid, or whatever happens, that that they give Desmond Ritter a chance. I don't think he can either. He didn't at Cincy, and I and granted it was a little more cons- uh, of a conservative offense, um, but like I don't know. And this is a different question for you. They have to start Desmond Ritter at some point this year, right? I think you had you like it's negligence if you don't give him at least a three or four game mm-hmm. uh, uh, set of games at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so Arthur Smith came out and said. Um, that he's not focused on the QB in the 2023 class and they have some things to prove and yada, 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 coach speak, coach speak. Um, Take that with a grain of salt. I think that they're going to be looking for their quarterback of the future in the 2023 class, Mariota. And then, you know, he was just a sop gap option. They've, they picked Ritter with a third round pick, but that's negligible. You can, you can find somebody else next year if, if they fall into, you know, a top five pick, um, you know, they could end up with one of the two prizes of next year's class. So here's here's my 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 thought on Ritter and starting. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts from like the Athletic and, and uh, Establish the Run and and just a bunch of these places kind of breaking down the draft uh, after the fact. And it seems like like if you don't give him a run of games, then it's basically the it's Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah. the the Kyle Trask was taken with what, like the the, the two point three two or whatever, like essentially the same draft capital, and we think he's a bum. We never saw him, and then the Buccaneers, like that's a wasted pick if you don't give him that chance and you finish top five next year. If you don't at least know what you actually have on your roster, then I think you've like you have to fire a bunch of people if that happens. You can't keep that whole staff and that whole front office around if they do that. Personally, my opinion. I would push back on that a little bit. I, I definitely think they need to give him a chance at the end of this year because Mariota is not the answer. No, you need to find out what you have in Ritter. But I think that a third round pick 
if you get a long-term backup quarterback at a third round pick, then I think that's fine. You know, if they end up going, let's say they go Bryce Young next year uh, at the top of the draft, and then they'd have Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter on their roster. You know, I think Desmond Ritter is the type of guy that if Bryce Young gets hurt for a game, Desmond Ritter can come in and keep the ship afloat. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see this year. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out. But like, I think Desmond Ritter is the type of guy who can win you a game in the NFL. You know, in some spot starts here, and a third round pick isn't too bad of a price to pay for that, especially if you end up getting the rest of your roster in a good spot. Now, the big question on that one is: Do they get their roster to a point where they are good enough that? they still have aspirations if their starting quarterback goes down. The answer to that question, probably no. Um, so then it probably looks worse because Desmond Ritter won't re-sign there if he doesn't have a chance to start. So then it could actually end up being a waste of a pick. It, but, it's, it, it, like I, I'm seeing a scenario which like I don't think Atlanta will be the worst team in the league next year, but like if it happened, you wouldn't be like, wow, like I never saw that coming in a bajillion years. Yeah. It's just not a very good roster. Um if you don't give Ritter any action game time and you finish with the first overall pick, and then we have to hear four months of Will Anderson versus insert top 2023 20, quarterback here. And they don't have any idea what they like. If they have in Ritter really beyond practice like that. And then like that's, that sets you up for like a cascading series of mess ups where then like you pass on Will Anderson and you take a, a, a Bryce young and it doesn't work <laughs> out. Bryce Anderson or Bryce uh, Will Anderson turns into Vaughn Miller, which is basically what he is. Like I, I feel about as good projecting him to the NFL as I've ever felt about projecting anybody to the NFL. Um, yeah. So it's like it's just one of those where, and then you end up with like a a bust quarterback. Meanwhile, this guy's like the best defensive player in the NFL for years. It's just that's hateful. <laughs> there is a scenario where if you do not do 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 this little thing correctly, you set yourself back so far. And if, if if Ritter stinks and you take a quarterback and he doesn't work out, at least you can say the process was sound, you know? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But if if it plays out like you said there and they don't give Ritter a shot and they have the first pick, and I think at that point you take Will Anderson, who is a slam dunk player, if we've ever seen one, and probably a superstar, and they need pass rush, then you take him there, you let Ritter start in 2023. I'm trying to do my math here. Yeah, you would let Ritter start in 2023, and then if he sucks, you also were probably in the top half of the draft, and then you know you take yours, you take Caleb Williams, Jackson Dart, um, somebody else if, they're, if they sneak up there too. Um, there will be options in the 2024 class, so... I wouldn't hate it if it broke out that way, to be honest do you, with you. Do you want to be in a situation, though, where now you're waiting two years for a quarterback? That's not an enviable situation either. We, I don't know why we're talking about the Falcons. It's turned no into Falcons hour. This turned into the Falcons hour. Um, but I, I would be fine if we're waiting two years for a quarterback because there's some good ones in 2024. But moving on, let's get back to 2022 and 2023 here. Uh, we got the 2022-2023 combined rankings here. And... I know Austin said he was done talking about the 2022 rookies. This was my way to trick him into talking about them for another week. So we, uh, we joked a little bit about this before the show. Um, I am in this scenario, the dog 
that needs his pill and Colin just wrapped <laughs> it in a big chunk of, of ham and threw it down in front of me and I managed to eat around the pill ate all the ham <laughs> and the pill is still sitting on the floor and you guys will see what we're talking about here in a minute i refuse to be played like that i, <laughs> I was not born yesterday you you were so suck you on were. that oh shit just just yeah. 30 years ago <laughs> good, good point okay you win that one you win that one woof woof i'll eat my pill um all right so we'll start off with the quarterback position here um, and we'll just rattle off a combined top five. So we're going to do a top, combined top five at each position. Uh, we won't go too in-depth in this right now. And then we'll round it out with a total top 10 combined from 2022, 2023. Uh, so Austin, between the 2022 class, 2023 class, uh, who is your QB1? And before you answer, let me just preface it again. I mentioned it earlier. This is with the benefit of hindsight. So this isn't pre-draft grades or anything like that. This is as it stands right now at this point in time. Um, so this is part one of the dog eating around the pill. Um, my number one is CJ Stroud. Um, and it's very, very close. I mean, between Stroud and Young, I do think we're going to have a large discussion next off season about young size. I think that's going to be, that's going to be the predominant discussion piece next off season. Like I just, I, I think that's a fact. Um, Cause I think Young's going to have another good year. They've reloaded that offense. I think the, the line will be pretty good. I think Bam will win the sec again. Um, so I, I, I think young will have a good year and the Buckeyes are just going to run through the big, the big 10 again. I, I don't see any doubts about that, that either. I mean, what team is going to be in front of them? Michigan lost like everything. And they were the only real stumbling block last year. Penn state is not very good right now. Wisconsin is, is not very good right now. Um, so there's really, there's really not a lot standing in the way. So those two are going to have really good years. They're probably going to be the two Heisman finalists. <clears throat> One of them probably wins. I have Stroud just ahead of him again, because of the size. And that is literally it. Um, after those three, though, I wrote uh, number three blank, number four blank, number five blank, because I don't want any of the other quarterbacks in these classes. I'm not buying the, I'm not buying Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, and I'm not buying obviously any any of the you know late day two round three guys. And then I just don't feel comfortable ranking or or, or uh, uh, buying a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson or. Um, a, a Jaron Hall, a Tanner McKee, uh, insert other uh, way too early 2023 mock quarterback here. I just don't, I don't buy the narrative that there's going to be like six quarterbacks next year. I think we'll see three at the absolute max. Um, and so I, I have those two guys then I literally am not buying another player in those classes. I mean, obviously like if it's a C2C league, I'm going to buy, you know, Jaron Hall very you know later in a draft or you know something like I'm not like buying them for NFL upside I'm 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 acquiring for for what they are in college yeah um I I agree with that for the most part I mean I have I have Bryce Young one CJ Stroud two again very close I have Young over Stroud uh I had Young over Stroud when they came out um and nothing has really changed that Bryce Young looked very good last year uh, CJ Stroud also looked very good. He struggled at the very beginning of the year. Um, so uh, I understand the size concerns with Bryce Young, but you know, every now and then you have a player that just kind of bucks that size trend. Uh, I think 
Bryce Young could still be very successful in the NFL despite his size. Uh, he reminds me a lot of like a Russell Wilson. Now he's not as as thick uh, as Russell Wilson for sure, and I think that's what you're alluding to more is like the size concern is the weight. Um, but quarterbacks generally don't really get hurt like with any sort of like regularity the way that they do running backs or any other position. So he's not, I don't think he's going to take a ton of hits. And so I think it's not an injury risk. Bryce Young was one of the worst quarterbacks in the P five last year across the middle of the field. And I don't think it's an accuracy or an anticipation issue. Cause those are not issues with him. I think it's a, he cannot always see it. Mm. So I, I don't think he's six foot. I think no. he's shorter than six foot. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think he's like, he's Russell Wilson mobile enough where if he wants to compensate for it, he can, but he's mm -hmm. just so hesitant to do it. So that's yeah. where the size comes in. Not like I'm, I'm worried them dare, them dare D line going to snap him in half. Like I, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Just I'm worried about being able to see. Interesting. I didn't know he was one of the worst quarterbacks in college in the P five over the middle of the field. It might have even been all of college football, like all of the FBS, but I don't remember for sure. So I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit on that one. Interesting. Interesting. That's something we'll have to look into a little bit more. Um, but either way, I think they're both good prospects. Number three for me, Kenny Pickett, only guy with a first round draft capital this year. That's got to mean something. Um, I think draft capital I'm kind of a draft capital shill in that day one matters to me a lot. Day two matters to me. Day three, you're not dead to me, but you're kind of dead to me. And that's across most positions, but especially quarterback. Um, so Kenny Pickett going in the first round, I think that means something. Um, I think it gives him the opportunity and it gives him a longer leash than most of these other guys. I think he's going to be fine in Pittsburgh. He'll be Mac Jones-ish. You know, he's going to be that kind of a guy, you know, a Kirk Cousins ceiling type of a player. And that's fine, you know, but that, that there's there's security in that. So I value that. Number three, number four, Anthony Richardson, that ceiling is just is tantalizing. Uh, he's got a long way to go as a passer. And actually, you, would not you and everyone else who gets the upsides tantalizing, but he's nowhere close to it right now. And the likelihood of him hitting it is so freaking low. I mean, I'm with you when you were saying that they really aren't that many quarterbacks that you want to take a shot on in this class, um, in, in the 2023 class. I, I'm not buying the six quarterbacks in there. I think the the line being at, would you set it at three and a half? I think three is the most. I think, uh, well, last night in the debate, debate, they were talking at two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah. And I, I, think it, I think we could see three, but I don't think we'll see more than yeah. that. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I, I can see three. Um, it actually wouldn't even surprise me that much if Anthony Richardson does not come out next year because he needs more development as a passer. Um, that would not surprise me. But that upside's hard to ignore, and it's just not there in any of these other guys in the class. Tyler Van Dyke is in that conversation there, but you know, Tyler Van Dyke, like something that Felix said on Debbie Debate last night, like how much better of a prospect than he is Sam Howell and we just saw Sam Howell go in the fifth round, you know. Now I, I don't, I still don't understand that fall. But again, T Tyler Van Dyke I think is more on the on par with a Sam Howell, Matt Corral, 
type of a prospect than a surefire first rounder. So I don't have him in my top five. My number five is still Sam Howell. I still like him. I think he's good. I think the opportunity is as good as you could have hoped for in the uh, going to Washington there uh, because I don't really believe in Carson Wentz. Uh, He makes a lot of mistakes. Um, And Riverboat Ron, despite being Riverboat Ron, does not like uh, gambling quarterbacks that much. So so wait, wait, wait. I I just want to ask you real quick here. Mm Mm-hmm. So we know, generally speaking, that that draft capital tends to be the greatest predictor of Mm -hmm. NFL success. Sam Howe just went in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. And you have, you would rather take the mystery box that we know has like a 2% chance of hitting than a guy that like we... (laughs) Like a Tyler Van Dyke, I I don't know. But Tyler Van Dyke could be Sam Howe. He could, no, but at least I'm you at saying. least you've kicked that can one year down the road, you know? It's um, not the mystery box per se. No, what one always wants to play that that family guy clip, and I don't think yeah. it's always I don't I don't think it's always applicable. No. Um yeah, because I well, one, I don't agree that Sam Howell has a two percent chance of success there. Like I said, I I don't think Carson Wentz is is that great of a quarterback. He also gets hurt frequently. Um they do still have Taylor Heineke on the roster, so they would probably turn to him over Sam Howell. But I think Sam Howell is a good enough prospect where he could earn a shot at some point. He could Kirk Cousins his way into a potential starting role. Um, so I am not out on Sam Howell. He has fallen significantly for me, but all of the quarterbacks fell significantly for me. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that last point. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell, Tyler Van Dyke, very close for that number five spot. Uh, but give me Sam Howell right now. The Will Levis slander. Because if if Tyler Van Dyke gets drafted, Tyler Van Dyke gets drafted day two, and he gets picked up by the Cardinals, and he sits behind Tyler Murray or Kyler Murray, or he gets picked up by Dak or the Dallas Cowboys, and he sits behind Dak, like. Do we feel that much better about him? If even though he went round two over Sam Howell, who has a more clear path to start, even though he got picked in round five. Uh, for the record, I don't feel good about either of them, so um, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll move on. I'm not eating that stinking pill. <laughs> Can't make me. <laughs> we'll move on to the running backs here. Uh, hit us with your top five. Um. Luckily, I only have to talk about one 2022 guy here. I think we all know who that is. It's James Cook. Um, James Cook, number one. No, Bijan Robinson, number one. I think that's like <laughs> obvious. Just doesn't even have to be said at this point anymore. Um, Jameer Gibbs, number two. Brees Hall, number three. And this is the kind of what I've talked about in the past where I've said like Brees Hall feels like the kind of guy. Like you feel really good taking Brees Hall as the second or third back off the board. You feel really shitty about having to do it at the 101 ever. Um, Brees Hall slots in third. And then it's pretty close between Sean Tucker and Zach Evans behind him. It'll be very, very interesting to see. I know all of a sudden you're on like the Syracuse players never get drafted train, even though I've been saying that for like a year or so. Um, I think you've gotten to the point where you're just like totally overstating it. And it's really weird. And like, you're clinging to this thing, like it's your teddy bear and you're four. Um, but it's, it's Tucker and Evans in, in that next spot. Um 
and I'll be interested to see what Evans does this year. Yeah, I think Evans is a very good prospect, and he had some nice flashes last year, but we still need to see a little bit more with him, and he doesn't seem to want to be a lead back, at least right now in college. That's that's the weird thing about him. He doesn't want to be a lead back. Will that carry over to the NFL? Is he just trying to save himself for the NFL? Like That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, once you get to the NFL, you're not really in a position to be like, I only want to play 50% of the snaps. Like, yeah, that coach will go tell you to bleep yourself. (laughs) But um, I I do wonder, like, Mm -hmm. what that's what's going to happen with that. I wonder about that as well. Um, But my my top five looks eerily similar to yours. One, two, three, exactly the same. Bijan, Jameer, Brees Hall. I imagine that's going to look very similar for most people. Um, Bijan is a Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott level prospect. Not that I think he gets drafted that high. I think the NFL kind of learned that, but I think he's very much in play for like the middle of the first round. Um, Jameer Gibbs is also a very good prospect. Uh, I, I'm not really that worried about his size. His size is, is fine. Um, and if, if he goes to an offense that you would use him like an Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones, that's very much in his range of outcomes. So I'm very comfortable with Jameer Gibbs. Brees Hall, number three. I mean, Jets are what they are, but they're under new management. So maybe um, they, you know, they won't bungle it as much. They're, they have a lot of pieces around him. That offensive line is not bad. Um, yeah, Michael Carter's there, but. Brees Hall, somebody, I saw somebody say Michael Carter, uh, Brees Hall could be like a Zeke and, and Tony Pollard type of a situation. And I could very much see that, that, that could be in the range of outcomes. So um, I like Brees Hall. Zach Evans is my number four. And then Tank Bigsby is number five. That one's a little bit more tenuous. Uh, I do not have Sean Tucker that high. I worry about his draft capital coming from Syracuse. Um I'm saying it. Keep saying it. Maybe I'll I get will. more Sean Tucker now. Yeah. I will. I will keep saying it. I this, this is the weirdest quest you've ever been on on this show <laughs> or the other show. Or you know, but we I, I basically just refer to them as one show, like mm-hmm. the C2C pod. This yeah. is the weirdest by far um quest that you've been on. I, I, I don't really understand it. What Syracuse. other players that have come out of Syracuse since since you're so hot to recite this stat since 2013 have would have would have even garnered NFL attention? I'm just curious. None, none. This is not even applicable. Syracuse is basically G5, is what I'm saying. Sorry, Syracuse fans, but they are. There, I don't see it. I, I don't. I, I like the talent. I think he's good. Um, if he goes round three, then I'm definitely willing to reassess that. But I think he's more likely to go round four. My favorite thing when you talk about this is you're like, well, he's going to have a really nice year. He's going to test really well at the combine. He's going to do all this stuff. But it's Syracuse. Wah, wah, wah. I didn't say that he's going to test really always well. how you say it. He's going to test very, very well. Yes. He he's going test, to test well. He won't test any worse than Brees Hall did depending on how juiced that mm. track is again next year. Mm. Brees Hall is not an elite athlete. I this, I that, agree with that. That has gone completely out of control. I, Sean Tucker is a comparable athlete to him. I, if, you, I, if you take his indoor track times this year, 
and you what you know cal you change them like transition them or whatever to like what the equivalent of the 40 would be sword time is like a four four five or four 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 like it's the same exact thing Brees hall just ran basically and i'm pretty sure sean tucker oh they're about the same size yeah they're the same size i i don't know i think he's going to test well i don't think he's going to test quite as well as what you're saying there um sub four five sure but i think it's more like four four eight four four nine then four four five we're splitting hairs but still you're an idiot i'm what an idiot uh anyway back to tank bigsby i think with tank bigsby he's gonna need a bounce back year this year but he still has the traits he has the size uh where he could definitely be I feel much more. I feel much better about Tanks Bigby being around two running back at this point in time than I do Sean Tucker. Um, moving on to the wide receivers, uh, hit us with your top five. Um, I broke mine up um, a little differently here. People, I, I've had a decent amount of people ask me for my my top twenty three, uh, top twenty twenty three rankings already, and this is how I've decided I'm going to frame it this offseason. Um, so my top. Three wide receivers combined between 2022 and 2023 are at one, a healthy Keishon Boutte, at two is JSN, and at three is injured Boutte. And I've kind of separated Boutte into two separate entities because healthy Boutte is kind of what we all think JSN is, but more explosive. And injured Boutte, I just don't know, but I... Unless he, unless I literally haven't seen him run at all before the draft next year, I still think he's a better prospect than like Quentin Johnson is. He's just so good. He stepped in the SEC as a true freshman and had like a 300 yard game, like balled out. Like he did the JSN thing before JSN did it. Mm-hmm. We've all just forgotten it because it's been, uh, you know, eight months or whatever at this point. But great, 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 great player. Um, in my opinion, like just, just basically, it just as good as any other wide receiver prospect that's come on the past couple of years, bar minus this mystery injury, which we don't really know about. So, those are my top three, and then Quentin Johnson's number four. Um, I like go back and forth on him. I, I I do like him a lot. I see a lot of AJ Green ish type. He just needs to be way more consistent. Like it feels like some games and and some drives he just kind of checks out. And then five is Burks. So Burks rounds out um, the five. I eat a little bit of the pill there but not the whole thing so uh-huh. i'm getting you to take the medicine a little bit no no just no. just a little bit um well it's only effective if you take the whole thing colin and i didn't take the whole thing so some is better than nothing your dog's about to die man <laughs> <laughs> just take him out take him out back nope no don't no no don't do that on this show <laughs> um gonna get animal rights activists after us asshole it's just a joke I have a dog. I love my dog. I would never do that. Doesn't sound like it. Um, my wide receiver rankings, I'm not going to hedge like you did with healthy Keishon Boutte at one and then injured Keishon Boutte at three. Um, although I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think Keishon Boutte is a better prospect than JSN is right now. Um, but the injury does scare me enough. And JSN is good enough that I will put Jason at one and Boutte at two. Uh, if we see Keishon Boutte come out this year, not looking like any ill effects from that injury, uh, Keishon Boutte will very, very likely go back up to number one. Uh, but as it stands today, right now, Jason one, Keishon Boutte two, 
Traylon Burks, number three. Garrett Wilson, number four. Both of those guys already have round one draft capital. We don't have to question it uh, with them like we might with some others. I also think they're both in pretty good situations. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is going to get along well with uh, Zach Wilson. And I think Traylon Burks can step in and just be A.J. Brown light, uh, especially through his first two years. Um, you know, I think he's a very, very similar prospect there. So I like both of those two guys. And then five, I have Jermaine Burton. This is another quest I've been on this offseason here, another tirade I've been going on. Barring an injury, a major injury, or just some sort of epic collapse, I think Jermaine Burton goes round one next year. I think it's all but locked in. Um, he's very talented. He performed well at Georgia in what is a much more conservative offense that didn't necessarily use him in the best way. Transfers to Alabama, a team in need of a top wide receiver now. Um, all signs have been pointing to them not necessarily being all that satisfied with some of the other guys on that roster. Uh, although I'm not really ready to write off Brooks or Earl yet either, but all reports out of the spring have also been Jermaine Burton has been very, very good and is going to be the lead wide receiver in that room. He was also reportedly roasting corners at Georgia when he was there. He's poorly doing the same thing at Alabama. I think he's really talented. He's going to get that Bama bump. He's going to go round one. Um, I could easily see him bumping up to the number three on this list ahead of Burks and Wilson by the time it's all said and done. But as it stands right now, I know Burks and Wilson have round one draft capital. So they get that slight bump. How does it feel to be so wrong so often? Oh, yeah. What am I wrong about this time? I don't know. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just I feel very good about Burton. Are, are out we of draft capital? I think we did we talk about this you and me about Tyler Harrell. We don't know what the rules are going to be. Is are mm -hmm. we underestimating Tyler Harrell? We have that discussion. That I dream we did. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, we did. Is there that doesn't flash through your mind at all? There's no doubt. I don't know that Tyler Harrell is actually a good receiver. I Do mean, we know that mean Burton's a good receiver. Yeah, we've seen him really in Georgia. Anything in his first two years? I'm just just saying. I'm just saying. He played well at Georgia when he was on the field, and he's been battling some injuries. He needs to stay healthy, but I don't know that Tyler Harrell's actually good and can do anything other than run fast in a straight line. Have you actually watched Tyler Harrell? No, I have not. Oh, we win. We win. Sorry. My have you? Like no. That's why I'm not commenting on it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had, what, 30 catches? And I think it was—I think he had about thirty catches. I'm remembering less than that. Yeah, less than that, and over half of his catches went for like twenty plus yards. It's just like a straight downfield thing. Oh, it's even more than that. I think. I think. <laughs> I yeah. think the split is like even greater than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like yeah, it's it's something ridiculous like that. So I have not no, I have not sit specifically sat down and watched Tyler Harrell. I did notice him at times when I was watching Malik Cunningham, but. I'm pretty. I'm not convinced he can do anything other than run in a straight line right now. So that doesn't really bother me that much. Just curious. Um, how I'd be wrapping it up here. All right, top ten overall combined 2022 2023 rankings. Go. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying you'll hear people say that there could be 12 to 15 players in 2023 that you'd rather have over 2022. 
regardless of my hatred for the 2022 class, um, those people are full of it. Um, so don't listen to people that say that. Um, be very, very skeptical of anybody that says that. So number one, Bijan, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs. Then I have five sixes, Butte slash JSN. We'll figure out what's going on with that injury. But those are the next two guys. So the top six are all 2023. Brees Hall is number seven. And then Quentin Johnston, Burks, who is my top wide receiver for 2022, and Sean Tucker round out the top 10. So um, two 2022 guys sneak in there. Um, but if you had to mash up the first like the first the first two rounds from the past two classes, yes, a large portion of them would be 2023, but it's not it's not quite as strong as people want to make it out to be. It's a good class. It's a good class. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical I, it ends up being as good as 2020. I think it'll be slightly less good. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's definitely not 12 to 13 guys in this class that you would take over anybody from 2022. I mean, it, there's three prospects that I had as tier one prospects in 2022. And that's Brees, Traylon, Garrett Wilson. I think that they are very good prospects in their own right, regardless of the draft class. You know, I think that they are rookie draft. They're early to mid rookie or first round rookie picks at worst in any given draft class. So I think that they're very good. Um, mine again, looks similar to yours. Uh, I have Bijan one JSN two, Keishan Boutte three. Uh, those are my tier zero prospects. Uh, this is the first year that I can remember that I've actually had three tier zero prospects in a class and none of them have been a quarterbacks. Um, so they're all three tier zeros. I'm going to put them one, two, three, regardless of positional scarcity um, with quarterbacks or, you know, super flex leagues or anything like that. I believe that much in those three prospects. Uh, number four, I have Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs, again, very, very good. Um, he's right there with Bryce Str- uh, Bryce Young at five, CJ Stroud at six for the 2023 class. Um, you know, if you need a quarterback, I don't hate going Young or Stroud over Gibbs. He's right there in that cluster. Um, Brees Hall at number seven. If we're breaking this out into tiers, Brees Hall would be in that tier with those three listed ahead of him. Um, I think he's that good of a prospect as well. Seven or eight, Traylon Burks, nine, Garrett Wilson, 10, Jermaine Burton. Again, just going back to the same argument that I had with the wide receivers there. Um, those three very Traylon and Garrett Wilson have the round one draft capital. Burton, I think, will get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there any other player in the 2022 class that you really want to talk about here? 2022 not 2023 i think you already know the answer to that i was just trying to see if i could get you with that there was (laughs) there was no other line you thought of during this whole show that you thought you could zing me with at the end it was that no no there wasn't okay okay not impressed no it was pretty bad yeah yeah i acknowledge that it wasn't my best i think it's actually my bad because i expected a better one I think that's really I've I have let myself down here. You let yourself down expecting too much of me. Yes, correct. Well, uh, what's the saying? Aim low, miss low. Yeah. But all right, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, Rate and review the show. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. That really helps us out. 
Um, check out the Family of Podcasts. We're going to be dropping the Future Freshman Podcast on Friday. That'll be coming out with this one. So after you're done listening to this, go check out the new episode of the Future Freshman Podcast. Uh, then Mondays, we got Chasing the Natty. Tuesdays, Campus Life. Wednesday, Debbie Debate. Uh, Thursday, we got the Hero RB Show with Noah Hills, bringing you something every single day of the week. The official is back as well uh, on our YouTube channel. They're back after a brief hiatus. They had a sit down uh, with a prospect in the 2024 class that Austin talked to, or Alfred, Alfred talked to, yeah. that Alfred talked to uh, at the Elite 11 camp in Nashville. That's a great interview. Um, definitely check that one out. Uh, we also got the fantasy football roundtable over there too for more of your NFL needs. But until next time, this is Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.